Blog Talk Radio. because Donald Trump has made it a special edition. But here we go. We have a jam-packed show for you tonight, all the way up to where Donald Trump admits he lied to the American people, which means he has cost thousands of American lives. Also, we've got Michael Cohen. You remember Donald Trump's fixer? He released a book, and it is devastating to the President of the United States showing him a racist, a homophobic, willing to do whatever it takes, including start a war with another country to stay in office. Also, William Barr, the Attorney General of the United States of America, is he an Attorney General for the President or the American people? Welcome to All You Need to Know Radio. I am your host, John Hollywood. Welcome, everyone, in America and around the world. So we begin our show tonight with, uh, in Donald Trump's own words, explaining why, and listen to this very carefully, because it's, it's very serious. Donald Trump has known about the, oh God, it, it, it's so hard to even say, but Donald Trump has known how awful and how infecting and how easy it is to get infecting infected with the Trump virus since January as secretly behind the scenes. Once again, Donald Trump wants the spotlight. He has been recorded 18 different times and I just can't even believe it. So let's go straight to the horse's mouth. This is straight from all you need to know radio. You're not even going to believe what you hear. What you have to say now. Terrible question and the phraseology. I didn't lie. What I said is we have to be calm. We can't be panicked. Uh, I knew that the tapes were, these were a series of phone calls that we had, mostly phone calls. And uh, Bob Woodward is somebody that uh, I respect just from hearing the name for many, many years not knowing too much about his work, not caring about his work, but I thought it would be interesting to talk to him for a period of, you know, calls. So we did that. I don't know if it's good or bad. I don't even know if the book is good or bad, but uh, certainly if uh, he thought that was a bad statement, he would have reported it because he thinks that, you know, you don't want to have anybody that uh, is going to suffer medically because of some fact. And he didn't report it because he didn't think it was bad. Nobody thought it was bad. Wait a minute, wait a minute. And your question, the way you phrase that is such a disgrace. It's a disgrace to ABC Television Network. It's a disgrace to your employer. And that's the answer. Are you ready? Because I, I love... Of course I didn't. Of course I didn't. No, no, no. And then you went out and told the American public 
that this was just like the flu. I mean, we've had one year and you told everybody else something else. No, and five times, right? Five times. You ever hear the expression five times? We've had flu years where we lost 100,000 people. The flu is a very serious problem for this country also, and we've been losing them. Scott, what kind of a number have we lost over the years with flus into the hundreds of thousands? Well, I mean, the, the last five years have been something like 35,000 to 80,000 per year, every year, even with antiviral drugs. Flu is a very serious problem. Also. But just said this is worse than the most deadlier than the most strenuous flu. Okay. And then you went out and said it's just like the flu. What I went out and said is very simple. Listen, what I went out and said is very simple. I want to show a level of confidence, and I want to show strength as a leader, and I want to show that our country is going to be fine one way or the other. Whether we lose one person, we shouldn't lose any, because this shouldn't have happened. This is China's fault. This is nobody's fault but China. China should not have allowed it to happen. Whether you have a, one person, 180,000 people, or two and a half or three million people, which it could have been very seriously if we didn't make the moves. And when you look at the opposition where they said, oh, why did he put the ban on? Uh, Dr. Fauci said we saved hundreds of thousands of lives by putting the ban on China and then ultimately putting the ban on Europe. There was no lie here. What we're doing is we're leading, and we're leading in a proper way. And if, frankly, somebody else was leading it, they wouldn't have closed it. If you look at uh, Nancy Pelosi, you look at Cuomo, you look at de Blasio, you look at Biden. Months later, they said there's no problem. They're talking about me. Months later, and before any statement was made, you have to remember, I put the ban on China. So obviously, outwardly, I said, it's a very serious problem. And it's always a serious problem. That doesn't mean I'm going to jump up and down in the air and start saying, people are going to die, people are going to die. No. No, I'm not going to do that. We're going to get through this, and we're right now, I hope, really think we're going to, we're rounding the final turn. And a lot of good things are happening with vaccines and with therapeutics. But there's no lying. And the way you ask that question is very disgraceful. Well, people trust Bill, you go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, we did a great job. I think we did a great job. And the people that did such our generals, our admirals, Mike Pence, all of the people that have worked so hard, and now Dr. Atlas, and all of the Dr. Fauci, Dr. Burks, they should be respected for the job they've done. So you won't downplay you it again? You won't downplay it again? Because you said you downplayed it, that's what you told me. All I'm doing is, no, I don't want to jump up and down and start screaming death, death, because that's not what it's about. We have to lead a country. We're leading a great country, and we're doing a great job. And the people that have done such a good job should be given the kind of credit that they deserve. We possibly have done the best jobs when you start looking at what we're doing with the vaccines and therapeutics and ventilators. We had no ventilators, John. We make thousands of ventilators now a month, and we're supplying them to the whole world. The job we've done is the best job. And don't give me any credit. Give the people that have done this the credit. They've done a great job. Yeah, Phil, go ahead. Yeah, Mr. President, you talked about the need to stay calm and not just to boom down and, and scare people. A lot of other world leaders were calm. Our German Chancellor Angela Merkel was very calm as she presented information to the German people so that they could stay safe and protect their families. So why is you, as President of the United States, did you not level with the American people? Did you not share the information that you knew at the time in real well, time? I don't know what, what I'm going to say, but if you look at the European Union right now, they're having breakouts like you've never seen before, and frankly, their numbers are at a level that 
are much worse than the numbers here. We, are, we have done, we have, Phil, we have done much, much better than the European Union. I just read you numbers that are not good on their behalf and that are very good at ours, and we have rounded the final turn, and we have, we're, we're going to have vaccines very soon, maybe much sooner than you think. Listen, maybe much sooner than you think. But we have done a phenomenal job, and the people that have done this job, including the American public that's had to put up with a lot, with the lockdowns and all of the things that they had to do, they have to be given credit. They have you, to be given credit. You knew this was a deadly virus. You knew it was airborne. You knew on February 7th, you told Bob Woodward how it transferred from person to person in the air, how deadly it was. Why did you not come to the podium and tell Well, let me ask you this. If Bob Woodward thought that was bad, because this is stuff that everyone knew, there's a report that I have here someplace where China said it was airborne earlier than the statements I made. People knew it was airborne. This was nothing. This was no big. When I say it was airborne, everybody knew it was airborne. This was no big thing. Well, what, read the reports. China came out with a statement that it was an airborne disease. I heard it was an airborne disease. I assumed it early on. The fact is, there has to be a calmness. You don't want me jumping up and down, screaming, there's going to be great death, there's going to, and really causing some Hey guys, you are listening to the President of the United States defend his actions of lying to the American people about knowing how deadly the coronavirus was, including how deadly it was to children. Let's get back to the conference. This is All You Need to Know Radio. I'm your host, John Hollywood. This is commercial free just for you. This is so important. Every American listens to this, especially with voting coming up bad, then he should have immediately gone out publicly, not wait four months. You know, he's had that statement for four months, maybe five months. He's had it for a long time. It was a series of taped interviews, mostly by telephone. Quick ones, not long ones, quick ones. And it was, I did it out of curiosity because I do have respect and I want to see, I wonder whether or not somebody like that can write good. I don't think he can, but let's see what happens. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, it's, we're just about 50 days I'm not involved in it. I purposely stayed uninvolved. I'm, I guess, considered the chief law enforcement uh, officer of the country. I could be involved if I wanted to. I thought it would be uh, better if I wasn't. I think it's better if uh, our great attorney general handled it. He has Durham, who is a uh, very, very respected man, and we're going to see what it is. I can't tell you that. I can tell you this. I can tell you this. They, uh, they lied. They cheated. Uh, they leaked, they got caught, they spied on my campaign. Never in history has there been anything like this. And I guarantee if the roles were reversed and I was on the Democrat side, people would have been in jail at the very highest level. People would have been in jail for two years already. Nothing like this has ever happened. And the term would be for many, many years because it's treason and other words can be used also. So you think there should be more indictment? Part of this well, I think just on what I read in your wonderful papers, I think, and, and see what, you know, just looking at the media, uh, not even what I know. Uh, I think Comey is a disgrace to our country. I think Strzok, who just wrote a book, which is a total fake, uh, is a disgrace. I think Page, Lisa Page, his lover, is a disgrace to our country. 
I think that when you look at McCabe, where his wife got $700,000 in campaign contributions from Hillary Clinton, right? And then Hillary Clinton's under investigation, and yet she paid the head of the FBI, one of the top people, but actually the head because he took over for, for the other guy, who fortunately I fired. I made a good move when I fired. That was a smart move because they were looking to take down this administration, duly elected administration, so I fired him. That was a great move when I fired him, because maybe if I didn't, I wouldn't be here talking to you as president. But when McCabe's wife gets $700,000 in campaign contributions when she was running for whatever office she was running from, from Virginia, and yet he's in charge of the investigation of Hillary Clinton, now he says, well, I wasn't really in charge. Of course he was in charge. He was totally in charge. He knew exactly what was going on. These people got caught in the probably the biggest political scandal in the history of our country they got caught now what the durham report is going to say i can't tell you but if they say half as much as i already know just from seeing it you know you have people i watch some of the shows i watched liz mcdonald she's fantastic i watched uh, fox business uh i watched uh, lou dobbs last night sean hannity last night Tucker last night, Laura, I watched uh, Fox and Friends in the morning. You watch these shows, uh, you don't have to go too far into the details. They cover things that are, it's really an amazing thing. They got caught in the biggest political scandal in the history of our country. They were spying on their opponent's campaign not only spying, they were making up fake dossiers. You have the dirty dossier. They were making up the dirty. It was all made up. It was all fiction. It turned out to be fiction. And then they were using that in the FISA courts, this revered court. Well, it's not so revered anymore because when you look at what they did and how they played it, and they hurt a lot of people. General Flynn is still being hurt, and he's being hurt very badly. He's a wonderful person. I spoke to General Milley about General Flynn two weeks ago. I said, what do you think of General Flynn? He said, he's a great soldier, sir. He's a wonderful, wonderful human being. He's been destroyed. He's been destroyed. No, I think that this, uh, without knowing anything about what Durham is going to release, the Durham report, we'll call it, uh, or maybe it's going to be more than a report, Maybe it's going to be much more than a report. I don't know. Maybe it's a report, or maybe it's much more than that. But when I look at the, uh, the things that everybody in this room knows just from reading about it from yourselves back and forth, I think it's a disgrace to our country. And I think if people uh, don't pay a very, very substantial price, It'll happen again, and this should never, ever happen to another president. Thank you very much. Thank you. You've been listening uh, to Donald Trump uh, take questions. Uh, some that went far afield from the Woodward uh, novel, that is. They ordered the CDT to stop counting tests and stop counting cases and then left us a depleted stockpile, which is what I inherited. I inherited a depleted, a very badly depleted stockpile. In other words, Biden's record demonstrates that if he had been in charge of this very serious, highly, highly contagious epidemic or pandemic, the China virus, countless more Americans would have died.
And if we didn't do what we did, and I say it all the time now because uh, the media likes to belittle what we've done has been incredible. Now you can look at Europe and you can look at other places and you can start comparing. Biden is weak on China. Yesterday it was revealed that a fund partly owned by Joe Biden's son, Hunter, facilitated the sale of a Michigan auto parts producer to a leading Chinese military defense contractor. You don't want to write about that, do you? Biden spent his entire career selling Michigan jobs to China. Now the Biden family is selling out our country directly to the Chinese military, which has to do with this company that listen to Donald Trump lie anymore. So uh, this is all you need to know, radio, and we were letting uh, you hear exclusive uh, a press conference Donald Trump held, trying to explain the fact that he has been lying to the American people for many, 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 many months. No matter, I can't even think in my mind without it exploding of how many people he has probably, he should be responsible for their deaths. Because he knew since, if I, if I remember this right from this press conference, from February uh, 19th of this year, he knew how deadly this virus was. If you're just now joining us, this is John Hollywood, your host of All You Need to Know Radio. Our radio show tonight is brought to you by PB Entertainment Group. They're all over social media. Please go support them. And at this point, we also have our amazing Almost Warwards with Warwards and None, Laws of Politics. Almost. Are you as speechless and as angry as I am? I am, John, and uh, thank you for the kind words and thank you for having me on. Um, You know, I'm very, very upset. I, I, if you know me, um, and I'm sure your uh, listeners who are regular listeners know that I like to talk a lot, so I'm not speechless. But um, my thought is essentially that it shows the incredible depravity and complicity of the Republican Senate and the GOP voters that they knew that they've been lying this whole time. They, they knew that the coronavirus was actually a problem and scary, and because it was – the failing of Donald Trump, they intentionally lied, which caused thousands and thousands of people to needlessly die um, by politicizing what is ultimately a public health crisis, and it's it's like politicizing a, a hurricane or something. Um, it, it's so out of bounds and outside of the typical actions of the United States government, and um, I'm not surprised because Donald Trump has done – and his administration and enablers have done a bunch of things that are outside of the typical practice of the United States government. But this is just you know, – part of me is kind of like throw it on the pile, but then another part of me says, no, I want to still be shocked. This is bad conduct. It should be thought of as any other normal president you know, would be – 
out of a job because of it. This is clearly impeachable, and I hope the House impeaches him again. I don't think they will, but I, I think they could. Point it really, really wouldn't do any good to impeach him anymore. I mean, we're right because the Senate is complicit. Days. Right. Well, so in your opinion, let's just be straight. You're saying that you think they should impeach him? I do, and I think they should have impeached him. We've talked about this on the show before. In my opinion, as as a political matter, not as a um legal right or wrong or you know ethics or the rule of law but as a purely partisan political matter i think they absolutely should impeach him for all impeachable crimes for which they have evidence um and there's a lot of them i mean we would be talking about um emoluments um uh, the <laughs> the issue with the postal service um the Go issue on and on with and on. Exactly. The rape on. of E. Jean Carroll. You could go on and on and on. There are there are multiple potentially impeachable crimes, which I think, you know, one of the reasons why the GOP was able to effectively spin the impeachment trial regarding the Ukraine fiasco um, is because it was a complicated well, it wasn't that complicated, but it was – they tied it to the Russia investigation, and you know, it looked like a quote-unquote witch hunt to people who were obviously predisposed to that view. But if there were you know, 15 different charges for a variety of different things, all of which have at least some form of reasonable proof, you know, put him on the defensive. Make the Republicans defend him in a real format in, you know, the Senate, which acts as a court of law, rather than um, in the public opinion, which is, you know, there's no rules about what you can and can't say to the media. Well, and you, you know me, I'm usually right mm-hmm. there with you. I think of impeachment mm-hmm. as a waste of time. And, and further, yeah. let me explain why. I think it mm-hmm. could actually mobilize his base even more because he'll say, see, they're going after me again. They're going after me again. They're going after I your am- president. <laughs> so that's, what, that's, that's kind what of where I am say. with that. I don't know what you, mm-hmm. if, what you think about that. I mean, I don't think – you know, I think the problem is it's too close to the election, and um, right. I wish they would have done it. Um, you know, six months ago, prior to coronavirus, they, I don't understand why he was never impeached over emoluments. Um, that's clear in the Constitution. He cannot use the, the office of the presidency to gain gifts and favors, and he's been doing it literally the entire time he's president. Um, actually, let's he's been be doing real it here. Before he was president. Let's be real. Mm-hmm. Let's be real here. Even yeah. I don't think it would have mattered what they impeached him for. The Republicans weren't going to do anything, period. He, I agree. Let's be real. Donald Trump is impeached for life under the history of <laughs> yes, his presidency. Sir. It doesn't go away. Thank you, Nancy Pelosi. Mm-hmm. So thank right. you not for doing a stimulus package, but we'll talk about that later in the show. But the mm-hmm. thing is, is that it, I don't think it would have mattered. I mean, I don't like John Bolton, but John Bolton said, listen – it would. The reason I did not show up 
and testify is that people that I knew inside the game was up. It was fixed. If you it read the rigged. book, that's what he says. Mm-hmm. So he felt like him showing up would be kind of like a gift to Donald Trump because he knew they weren't going to do anything, and so did Donald Trump. Now, do I think he should have testified? I do, but I don't think it would have made a difference because mm-hmm. I think the same thing would have happened. All the cowards in, in the Senate would have put their, just put their hands in their pocket and stood straight up and took a paycheck from the American people and did shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. I mean, you know, one of the interesting things about this is is you, you might be right, you might be wrong, but we'll never know because it didn't happen. Um, and hey, hold in there, song. You that, may be right. I may be crazy. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> That's funny, man. Um, but my point, I think, is that from a messaging and attack perspective which I, I, it's something I focus on a lot because I think that as a substantive matter, if you really look at policy and you're not a billionaire, it's obvious that the Democrats and the, you know, Biden is preferable to Donald Trump and the Republicans. But that's not the issue. The issue is messaging. The issue is how do we talk about it and how do the Democrats and liberals talk about their policy positions and the policy positions of Trump in the media. And one of the things that I like is I'm seeing Biden attack in a way that I haven't seen before. Um, I, I believe mean, that he called him – I, I, I mean, he calls sorry. Trump uh, – he, he, no, he just called Trump a bold uh, – something – I forgot exactly what the um, phrase was about. I think it may have been about Woodward and coronavirus. But I think it was yesterday um, Biden publicly said that Trump is a bold-faced liar, and that's the kind of stuff that I would have liked to have heard from Democrats in 16 and 17, and I just didn't, um, except for Sanders. But that's a different story. I understand. So let's raise a glass to the past. We can't pass. We can't change. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. But I really think the debates are going to be fiery. I mean, I really think we're going to see Donald Trump blow his top worse than we've even seen. I can't wait. Let's get back to this real quick. I'm interested in whether or not the debates actually take place. I don't know if they will. It'll be interesting. So Mm -hmm. on on February 19th, 2019, these are legal – or 2020, excuse me. These are Mm -hmm. are going to be some legal questions. Yes, sir. The commander-in-chief – our president of the United States stood before the television camera saying this virus was going to disappear with the heat. He encouraged mm-hmm. people not to wear masks or you are offending me. He mm-hmm. told people, go to work, go to school, don't worry about it. Your kids aren't going to get sick. Basically, your kids' lives don't mean anything if you are mm-hmm. anointed to me. Legally. Mm-hmm. With him spouting lies, knowing the opposite is true, is that some kind of criminal charge? 
<laughs> well, Seriously. that's a good question. That's a good because question, they sir. Said. It really Go is. And and he, so let me let me ask, let me answer the question to the best of my ability, with the understanding that I am not an expert in federal criminal law, which is what your question is about. Um, I'm going to give my, a disclaimer that we're going to hit right before I ask you these questions anymore. <laughs> well, I just, you know, I, I would like to give you a straightforward answer, but it's just frankly not that straightforward. Um, I, I, I think and that's frankly that there, sad. Yeah, <laughs> there, there's an argument, a, a legitimate argument to be made that that conduct, the conduct that you just described, is negligent homicide. Um, homicide is the intentional taking of a human life. Negligent homicide would be taking a human's life basically by accident, um, acting in a way that a reasonable person would not act that causes the death of another human. And it is arguable, but I think that there is some chance, given that conduct that we know to be true, that if he were not the president, he could be indicted for some form of negligent homicide under a state law. Um, however, um, the Office of Legal Counsel has made what, in my opinion, is a constitutionally dubious memorandum that has the force and effect of law uh, stating that Donald Trump and any president, actually, not just Donald Trump, but any president, cannot be indicted while he's in office. Um, that's the same reason why Mueller did not charge Trump with obstruction of justice. Um, Keep in mind, so the, that's never been challenged in court, though. That's correct, but um, my understanding of the way federal administrative law works is that because the Justice Department gets to set its own rules, um, its internal counsel providing a memorandum effectively has the force of law over the federal Justice Department. Um, so, I hate terms you know, like that. I hate terms yeah, like and that. And so it, it's, it's the freaking – the problem is that our constitutional system did not anticipate a complicit Senate because the, the remedy, the legal remedy, according to the Office of Legal Counsel, is don't indict, impeach. Um, you know, the House of Representatives impeaches, and then the um, Senate has a, has a trial rather than the grand jury impeaching and the state court or the federal court having a jury trial. So um, I think the problem – well, there's multiple serious issues, and I think that that legal opinion is constitutionally dubious. But um, there's, there's multiple serious issues, but one of the biggest issues is that the – Senate doesn't even want to try to have a trial on Donald Trump's crimes. You know, we talked about it a lot during the impeachment hearings where it wasn't really a trial. They're scared little bitches. Well, they're complicit, and, you know, it makes me question, and I've said this multiple times on your program before, it makes me question what they have on the GOP senators because I think it's pretty clear from his actions and inactions that and from statements by people, very respected people like Dan Coates, who's the former director of national intelligence, I think there's a really good chance that Donald Trump is being blackmailed by Russia. But then the question becomes, why are all these GOP senators going along with it? 
And I think they may also be compromised or blackmailed. And well, let's that's be real here. Terrifying. Think about think mm-hmm. about this. You're a sitting senator. Yeah. You're constantly mm-hmm. hearing that Donald Trump is afraid to say anything negative about Russia. Mm-hmm. And you then hear about all these poisonings. There was just one a couple of weeks ago. Anybody yes, uh, that crushes no, Vladimir Putin uh, mm-hmm. faces possible death. Do you think they're that worried? Don't we have the most powerful military in the world? The thing is, is I don't think it's that. Um, I, I don't think it's – I hear you, and I think that that's a reasonable question. Um, but my analysis is a little bit different. Um, I don't think that it's a fear of personal physical violence that they're worried about. I think that they have some type of scandalous financial information probably or potentially some kind of scandalous personal information like sex stuff. Um, I honestly think it's it's financial. And um, I don't know precisely the details. If I did, I would be, you know, in the intelligence community. But um, who says you're not? Well, I'm not. I, I really am not. <laughs> but um, I'm the 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 the, quest, the question, though, you know, you you ask the question of why are these GOP senators so afraid of Russia, and the answer is I don't know. But they're afraid of something, and they're acting in a very unpatriotic way, which leads me to to the reasonable conclusion that the Russians got something on them. I mean, why did all of those senators go to go to Russia on the Fourth of July in 2018? The Democratic National Committee was hacked during the run-up to the 2016 presidential election, and those embarrassing emails about John Podesta and Bernie Sanders were released publicly. The well, and for shame on John Podesta. Sean Bedeck yeah, well, should have all, never written any of that stuff. It was so un, well, was but, unprofessional. It wasn't funny. Right. But at the same time, he, he thought that that was a private communication until it was released publicly by a hack from a hostile foreign government to sway an election. He was right. Um, but the RNC was hacked at the same time. The Republican National Committee's email server was compromised by the Russian government in the run-up to the 2016 election. And none of those emails were released publicly, nothing. I wonder if that has something to do with the failures of the Republican senators to hold Trump accountable for his broad variety of crimes. Hey, I have a question for you almost since we uh, got you a little bit late. Do we have you 15 more minutes? Yes, sir. Okay. During this commercial break, I want you to be thinking about this. What are the main things that bother you from what Donald Trump openly admitted to lying to the American people today about a pandemic? He made Americans feel safe, even though he knew we weren't. He caused our economy to crash, and now he's refusing to do anything else. More than anything, though, he wanted to force our kids to go to school knowing Mm. what he knows. Think about that Mm. for a minute. Everybody, this is all you need to know. Radio, that music means we need to take a break and pay some bills. I'm John Hollywood, your host, with our amazing Almost Warwich. With Warwich and None, don't touch that dial. We've got so much more to talk about, including... Football started again tonight. Let's throw some good news in there. My God, we need it. 
So they're playing, and there's actually people in the audience. We're going to discuss it. Also, Michael Cohen, remember that name, Michael Cohen? He was Donald mm-hmm. Trump's right-hand man, and he did a book. And boy, it's a doozy. We'll discuss that. This is All You Need to Know Radio. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, everything else you can think of we're on. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. This morning. Good morning. Good morning. I want to start with the question of the. Be proud of home, safe, comfort, worthy of protection. Family, home. I was deployed to Afghanistan. I was on patrol March 26, 2010. During a dismounted patrol, I happened to step in the wrong spot and took a sniper round into the chest. This is the date I was hit. I lost my leg almost immediately. I lost my left hand and both my legs above the knee. My arm was gone, so I closed my eyes, thinking to myself, if I just keep breathing, I will make it home to my wife. I just wanted to serve my country. Every day I'm still adapting to this new life. It was hard having everybody change their lifestyle to take care of me. A typical home doesn't feel like home to me. They have to carry my chair up the stairs. The hardest thing in my life is to have to call and yell for my children to help pick me off the bathroom floor. Where do you go when home isn't home anymore? This is Mark Wahlberg. There are over 1,000 families that need our help. Talented Towers is honoring those heroes that risk their lives by providing them with mortgage-free homes. Yes, I'm on the waiting list to have a home built. It's going to be amazing. The smart home technology, it makes my life a whole lot easier. And it's 100% accessible. It's built to fit my needs. For me to gain independence again would be just amazing. To be able to just take care of myself as an individual. This home will allow me to be self-sufficient. It'll help me live my life. It gives me back some of my dignity, who I used to be. There is a waiting list for houses. This is the waiting list. There are a lot of people on that list, yeah. There are a lot of guys like me out there. Maybe too many. Gives you back your dignity, your pride, your self-perseverance. Thanks to Talented Towers, I'm going to have all these freedoms given back to me. Home. Personal. Safety. Dignity. Family. Independence. Confidence. The American dream, isn't it? Home. I'd like to ask you to contribute $11 a month to support their efforts. Please visit TomsonTowers.org. Oh, no, there's no fake there. Maybe you were here? Oh, oh goodness. Uh, oh, goodness. Oh, Everything's stuck in the drawer. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, jeez. Hi. Kelly Clarkson. Try Wayfair. Okay. Yeah, it's going to help you with all of this. Yeah, here you go. Thank you. Oh, I like that one. Oh. <laughs> That's a lot of storage. Perfect. You're welcome. I love it. How did you do all this? Wayfair. <laughs> Speaking of dinner, what are we eating, guys? Hosting a dinner party for your friends can be tough. So, here's the thing. No one's going to know it's store-bought. Just you. So just put on something pretty. Boom. I'm the chef. Wait. You're welcome. 3.30 in the morning. Not a soul in sight. City's looking like a ghost town on a moonless summer night. The rain drops on the windshield, and there's a storm moving in. He's heading back from somewhere that he never should have been. And the thunder rolls. All right, everybody. That's one of the most incredible entertainers in this world. 
Garth Brooks. Remember, he retired after being in the industry for just a few minutes, a, a few months. Sold out Central Park in New York City. And if you don't know what that means, that means over a million people. I hear typing. That means over a million people showed up for his show, and Garth Brooks was afraid no one would show. <laughs> all right, this is All You Need to Know Radio. Welcome back. We are talking about the President of the United States admitting on national television he lied to the American people about what he really knew about the coronavirus to sell books. That's what this is all about. What are these 18 recordings coming from? Are we going to play all those tonight? No, that would take a whole show. But we will be playing them during the week. I will tell you that the reason this is all coming to light is because Donald Trump does not like the writer that did these books. And because of that, he wanted he wanted a he wanted to see if he could control the narrative of the book. And so in doing that, this one reporter requires that every single thing is recorded. And Donald Trump must be as dumb as a, as a no, that's an insult to rocks. I mean, I don't even know. But let's get almost back on the show with us. Once again, welcome back to Amer- the world's number one show, All You Need to Know Radio. I'm your host, John Hollywood. Thank you so much for joining us. Almost, hello. What are you eating? Yes, sir. You're eating what? something. You're, I was eating just something. a little piece of chocolate. <laughs> the world can hear you, buddy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, at least tell us what um, kind of chocolate it was. <laughs> well, it was one of those little Halloween candy um, dark chocolate Mars bars things. Like the little we mini should, one. We should go out Halloween. If we can actually step out of the sir. Um. All right, so now we're back, and what I want to know from you is the answers to Mm -hmm. the questions that I said. Yes, sir. So in my opinion, the number one thing that disappoints me and frustrates me and upsets me about this revelation that he clearly knew and understood the threat of coronavirus but publicly downplayed it, the number one thing that upsets me and has saddened me is the deaths of people that was unnecessary. Um, a lot of people got, died, but then a lot of people didn't just didn't die, but got very sick. And um, a lot of that could have been prevented with reasonable, you know, public health measures. Like Canada has something like nine thousand cases, and America has something like two hundred thousand. So you know, it's because they took real national scale public health measures, and we didn't. Um, then. The other thing, and I think this is maybe a little bit different from what you're expecting, that really, really upsets me about that is all of the people, including multiple GOP senators and other right-wing allies of the president, traded on insider information to do things like sell hotel and airline stocks that they held. right before a major dip in the market because they were privy to um, 
more detailed health information about the pandemic and received briefings about the pandemic in private. And then in public, they said, everything's fine. Don't worry about it. But then in private, they're selling stock on information that, no, actually a bunch of people are about to die. So, um, and, oh, and we won't be able to travel for months. And so that, the first is obviously the deaths and the sicknesses and the loss of life and health. And the second is the banal, you know, normal insider trading corruption that has been normalized but should be horrific. I mean, that was not – it was hardly a scandal. Two senators were implicated in, in doing what I just described, and it was barely a blip in the news cycle that they insider traded on coronavirus pandemic information that they learned because of their knowledge – because of their insider knowledge, um, and it's just gross. There's other stuff too, like you said, the schools is incredibly upsetting, um, and you know I'm personally affected by that. Uh, several people in my life are teachers or have young children in American public schools, and I don't blame them for being terrified of appearing in person to teach. They're doing it and they're risking their life and limb because they care about teaching kids. But, you know, the real reason we're not doing more to protect kids and teachers is because of how woefully underfunded our public schools are and that we don't have any reasonable daycare and people aren't getting time off from work and we have to have the kids in school, otherwise the economy won't go. It's all about the economy, and what does that really mean? It's about billionaires and other you know, large, wealthy corporations need their labor. And if their cheap labor who has kids in public school has to quit to take care of their kids because the public school is doing homeschooling or um, uh, virtual schooling, then the kids – the, the 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 business owners can't make money, and it's disgusting. The whole thing is disgusting. Politicizing a public health pandemic is one of the dis most gross and disgusting things that any leader can do. And you see the leaders who have politicized it, like Bolsonaro in Brazil, are the ones who are having the worst outbreaks. Well, let me put it to you this way. 400 yes, teachers... It's a legal question. And he, well, I don't know. I'll let you say what you need to say because I think you'll, anyway, 400 mm -hmm. teachers were afraid to go to school for their health. And the president mm -hmm. is telling those 400 teachers they have to go or they're not going to get funding for their school. Do those 400 mm -hmm. teachers have any type of claim against Donald Trump since he knew it was unsafe for them to go and he concedes to what they, their belief and fear was? That's interesting. I think that the right person to bring such a claim, first of all, it would not be against Donald Trump individually. Um, if they do have a civil legal claim, it would be against Donald Trump as the office of the president or um, potentially like Betsy DeVos as the leader of the uh, Department of Education. But um, I think that a claim – especially if it were some form of a class action claim by a teacher's union or similar group of teachers could have some legs. Um, 
I think that that's one of the big sticking points that negotiators on Capitol Hill are talking about with the um, additional COVID-19 economic stimulus package that is currently being debated is the Republicans want to put all kinds of protections for employers saying that if a employee contracts COVID-19 while at work, they cannot sue the employer. And the Democrats agree with that? want to say, no, of course not. That's ridiculous. Yes. The, exactly. And if, if the Democrats and the Democrats are doing the right thing by saying, no, we're not going to vote for a bill that contains that type of a protection and provision. And, um, you know, right now, because of the no- novel nature of the coronavirus, the there is no legal protection specifically on that point. And so typical workplace safety rules, which in the great state of Texas are not great for employees anyway, but uh, they do actually exist. Um, Typical workplace safety rules would apply. And so, you know, if you suffer an occupational injury on the job, you typically have some form of a legal claim, whether through the workers' compensation system, a non-subscriber system, or certain other types of um, insurance policies and claims. You typically have a legal claim against your employer. And if your employer is the state or the public school system or a DISD or an ISD, independent school district, theoretically that claim would still apply. Now, how that would work in terms of going after specifically the Department of Education or the the Office of the Presidency because of Donald Trump's recent admission of a misrepresentation or multiple misrepresentations, I think it's just a brick in the wall. I think it's just a piece of evidence rather than um, a kind of a smoking gun. But, you know, you would have to prove causation. I got sick at work. But at the same time, um, I think that it certainly is valuable evidence to prove that the government knew something and withheld that knowledge, which then caused a person to become sick. I mean, well, it's it's a little well, bit tenuous, but I think that there's a claim there. Tenuous, really? They're scared for their lives. Well, I'm saying the, being... the, the claim against the White House is tenuous. I think the claim against the Department of Education in the situation where an individual gets sick is much better. What about Bessie DeVos personally? Yes, yeah, so it would, you, the way the lawsuit would be styled would be the name of the plaintiff versus Betsy DeVos as the Secretary of the Department of Education. So it's qualified immunity. It's the same reason why it's hard to sue a cop. Um, It's really, really hard to sue a um, cabinet secretary in their individual capacity um, for actions taken while acting as a cabinet secretary. Now, you can sue the DOE. You can sue the Department of Education um, as long as you – They've waived sovereignty. Okay, it gets very, very complicated from I, I a legal procedural perspective. And well, so let me I don't stop you right there. All of the details on the air. Yeah, let me let me stop mm-hmm. you right there. I'm, yeah. Be honest before I bla- before I say this to millions of people around the world. Is it a case mm-hmm. you would take? A class action case <laughs> you would take? I'm serious. 
you, you know, I don't really do it. employment law, John. Um, okay. It's an employment law case, and I know enough employment law to be dangerous. I can speak about it a little bit on the radio, but I'm not really a practitioner. And okay. so what I would actually do in real life if somebody came to me with such a case, whether against the government or their private employer, is refer it to a colleague of mine who does nothing but employment law cases. Uh, well, I, and he wouldn't do a real estate case that he would refer it to me. You know what I mean? Well, that's, that's good. You're the best in real estate. Yeah. You shouldn't do it. Everybody listen right. up. Every teacher, every substitute teacher, if you've ever taught class during this pandemic situation and you were scared for your life to go to work and the president of the United States gets on TV and tells you, you're safe. It's not bad. Everything's okay. But if you don't do it, you're going to lose your job from the from from the DeVos. You guys need to band together, and you need to call almost so he can give you his friend's name. And you need to <laughs> well, go I'll tell you exactly this. who it is, John. It's free advertising yeah. for my buddy. His name is Rob Wiley. Uh, Rob Wiley PC in Dallas, Texas, does um, employment claims, and he's a trustworthy and competent attorney. What's his number? I don't know it off the top of my head. I'm sorry. Can you look it up real quick while I keep talking, or if you don't mind? So, guys, go for seriously, it. teachers, I'm being very seriously with you. And I know everybody's looking at the clock and going, we're out of time. This show is going to extend past an hour tonight. There are too many important things that literally affect your lives, your life, your kids' lives. And this president has gotten away with far too much. And he needs to pay. Someone needs to be held responsible. I guarantee you, if Donald Trump knew about the coronavirus and the intenseness of it and how severe it really was as he lies to the American people, can you imagine how Dr. Faraci feels? And anyway, mm. that's a, that would be a character witness to call, by the, by the way. But the thing yeah, is... And Dr. Fauci in... in, in- I believe in Woodward's book, Dr. Fauci states something along the lines of um, Donald Trump's attention span is in the negatives. I think that was what the quote was. And, you know, Fauci sees that was that was stated to a reporter. He knew that was going to get reported. Fauci sees the lay of the land and understands that Trump He's the emperor who has no clothes. Um, and God, don't put that thought in my mind. And, and that's <laughs> well, um, he's a, he's a con man, is what I mean. And um, the Democrats and the left, and frankly, some of the kind of more traditional uh, centrist mainstream media, is getting much more aggressive in calling a spade a spade in a way that I think is very useful, and I wish they had been doing it for the last four or five years, but I'm not going to say no to it now because I'm I'm glad that it seems like there's been a little bit of a sea change in the way people are talking about Trump and the GOP. And I, and I think it's a, I think it's good. I don't know what well, I am is going to happen in this election. Facebook. I, I am going to hit social media, and I am going to mm-hmm. put it out there that I implore teachers that – I know that at least 400 teachers signed a letter 
begging not to have to go back to work and not lose their job. That's a class mm-hmm. action lawsuit. And I mean, it, it, it would be if they actually suffer damages. If they lose their job or get sick, then it would be. That's where they'll lose because they haven't mm-hmm. actually surfaced any damage unless they went to, they got the COVID-19 or the Trump virus. If they actually right. – Precisely, if they become injured, if they get sick, that's a personal injury, or if they lose their job, they have an employment claim um, for retaliation for you know staying home during a pandemic. I'm not an employment lawyer, but I, I'm pretty sure they would have a personal injury claim. So the the, the point that you make is is you know they need to be held accountable, and I think ultimately, rather than doing that via litigation. The the real way to hold them accountable is at the ballot box and is by voting, and we oh, I think this should have an opportunity to vote. I you think know, this should happen after we're the not election. Belarus yet. <laughs> I do have a question for you. Since there is not a law yes, in place right now, if they filed that mm-hmm. case tonight on Pacer Online, would it hold? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're asking a complex legal question. It depends how it was filed and um, whether they had met all of the conditions precedent as well as – I mean, you're, it's, a, it's a complicated procedural question, and the answer is maybe, but I wouldn't be surprised if they lost on summary judgment. Hmm. Judge Fitzwater, I would be very interested in your opinion about that. <laughs> People don't know who this yes. is. Judge, Judge Fitzwater and I are real good friends in, in the federal court courts. <laughs> nah, he, he's a uh, very, he's the senior judge of the uh, Northern Dist- United States down. District Court of the Northern District of Texas Dallas Division. He's a, a big shot in Dallas legal community. Oh yeah. All kidding aside, mm-hmm. he is a cool. Mm-hmm. He he is. Cool, not the word, but he's a fair judge. Like yes. I was really worried when I when I came before him when I was fighting another lawyer. As you always say, almost I know enough about the law to be dangerous. I think federal court mm-hmm. is about as high as you can be and be dangerous. Mm-hmm. But uh, I almost asked him to recuse himself because of the Cornerstone Wealth case. But when you and you know this, but the listeners probably won't. But if if you ask a judge to recuse themselves. You piss them off, and you're basically already calling them that they're biased to the case. And so I really weighed that out, and I was so good, glad that I did because he actually ruled in my favor against an attorney of 15 <laughs> years with the, on the bar. So anyway, Justice Water, big shout-out to you from uh, John. I'll say Cornerstone Wealth, and you'll remember the case. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, okay, so almost. What's your opinion of how this is going to affect our vote? I know this is not a legal question. I know you're loving that. So the the politics of it is interesting. You know, I I, I do see some reduction, and it's small. Okay, I, I don't want to. Um, Get your listeners' hopes up. Everyone in America needs to register and vote for a Democrat. But I do see some reduction in the enthusiasm of certain planks of Trump's base. Now, the white working class male from a rural area Uh is is more enthusiastic. 
than in 2016. But um, the 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 suburb the suburban wife, the suburban housewife, and um, certain other kind of um, uh, I, I'm going to call them uh, business Republicans okay. are. Um, I, I I see there's significantly less enthusiasm for Donald Trump and GOP senators in this election cycle, and. It, it, frankly, it's heartening. It, it, it gives me hope. Um, I, I am very concerned about voter suppression, election fraud. Um, I, I'm, I'm very concerned about a, um, a no evidence challenge to the veracity of the presidential ballot and um, voting in general. I think that uh, – Donald Trump is incredibly likely – well, it's not incredible. He is going to challenge the results of the election. He's basically already done it. He said multiple times, you know. Yeah. Okay, we've talked about this several times. Mm -hmm. Our listeners probably Mm -hmm. don't understand exactly what that means. So I understand Mm -hmm. what you mean he's going to challenge it. But if it's a landslide, do you still say that? You know, I think so, John, and that I, 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 I don't think it's going to be a landslide, you know, like Belarus. So in, I, I keep talking about Belarus. There's a, a coup d'etat that occurred in Belarus um, recently where the uh, Russian-backed uh, government of uh, Lukashenko allegedly 88% of the vote, and it's just not true. The 88% of the country did not vote for him, and then um, – he followed it up with some really authoritarian moves to uh, arrest the dissidents. And so I think that it's unlikely that in a free and fair election, a true free and fair election, because of the way the Electoral College is set up, it's very unlikely for Biden to win in a landslide. I mean, he might get something like 305 electoral votes, but I think it's going to be a lot more likely that it's like 200 and 85 or something like that. So um, what I mean by that is he'll win three or four states, which is all you need to win, uh, three or four swing states, which is all you need to win in our first first pass the post system. Um, You know, you get one extra vote in in Texas. You know, Donald Trump gets 10 million and one vote in Texas. If I get 10 million, Donald Trump wins all of the electors. So he is the way our system is. Go ahead. Sorry. No, the way our system is set up, it's just extremely unlikely that there's going to be a true electoral college landslide. So I I agree with you that the best way to prevent a contested election result will be if Americans overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly, you know, if Texas goes blue, if, uh, you know, Florida, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Nevada, um, Arizona, if, the, if all of those states go blue, it's a real, real landslide, and I think that's the best way to prevent uh, an attempted soft coup d'etat. But I think that there's a reasonable chance that it's not going to be a landslide. I think it's much more likely that it's like 285 electors. You need 271 to win, by the way. Is it 270 so or I, I, 271? I think it's 270. You need 271 to win. 270 is a tie. Um, ah, so, um, you're on 271. The, the, So what I'm trying to say is he's going to say that there's fraud in 
the few contested states, you know, Ohio, uh, Florida, Pennsylvania, Nevada, you know, he's North Carolina. Uh, Trump is no matter what happens, um, assuming Biden prevails, Trump right. is going to say there's a, a million pieces of voter fraud, people voting 10 times. I mean, he did it in the election. He lost in 2016. Right. He said that he wouldn't have lost the popular vote except there was a bunch of election fraud. Um, and, a and, bunch you know, of illegal aliens. That's why he lost the, the three million. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The whole thing was a complete farce. I mean, it was ridiculous at the time, and it's still ridiculous. But he's going to try to do it again. And but hold on a said second. Multiple times that he's going to. But hold on mm-hmm. a second. He's been so the reason that there could be voter fraud. Like it's very much in the mo- news in the media. And judges and courts watch the news and the media just like everybody else. They know that Mm -hmm. he did things to sabotage the mail, which is voter fraud. They see the steps that Donald – election fraud, thank you. They see the Mm -hmm. steps that Donald Trump has taken, illegal steps anyone else would be in prison for their life. Do you think Mm -hmm. that comes into play at all in their minds? I mean it should, but who knows? And – the complicity of the Senate and the certain of the Supreme Court justices, um, I'm thinking about Alito and Kavanaugh in particular, um, and, and Thomas, Alito, Kavanaugh, and Thomas. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if we have another Bush v. Gore. Um, and. God. Not the hanging shads, please, with the the microscopes. Yeah, well, what happened in Bush v. Gore is they stopped the recount, and the Supreme Court made a decision, and they said this decision has no precedential value. It won't be used in further decisions, but we decided Bush won. That's what happened. It, It was based on very, very thin reasoning and very little evidence, and then what screwed up is... Three months later, they did their, they they actually finished the recount, and Gore got more votes in Florida. He would have been the president. Um, so I, I'm worried that I'm something like that's going to happen my again. Mouth closed on that. I'm just keeping yeah. my mouth closed because that's mm-hmm. just uh, beyond. I can't think that way. I'll be so angry. <laughs> you really, yeah. really think there's a possibility we're looking at another one? I really, really do, and I mean, I think Biden and his team know that that's true. They've there are 600 attorneys over the United States. I think it's going to be worse than Bush versus Gore because I think he's going to challenge legally, formally, legally challenge the results from multiple states, not just Florida, but like 10 states. Um, and so Biden and his team are aware of that, and they've hired, they've retained. I believe something like 600 law firms across the United States to fight the to fight it, but I hope that we don't. I hope that it's enough of a landslide, and there's enough um, public pressure on him to to to, to step down, um, and he bows to some of that pressure. You know, some of the more patriotic members of the GOP stop supporting this con man um and be nice we have and we have a peaceful transition of power because you know america i don't see that's one of the things that makes america great 
But do you see that truthfully happening? I don't. I don't know what's going to happen, John, and I'm scared. I'm scared, too. You ready for your closing argument, or you want to keep going? Yes, sir. No, I'm done. Okay. This is um, also one of this I, is also this is Billie Eilish, and this is one of almost <laughs> his favorite artists everywhere. <laughs> I am a Billie Eilish fan, but um, big picture, um, this is a scary time, and the coronavirus pandemic, the economic hardships caused by the coronavirus pandemic, and the pain and problems that Americans who care about democracy and the rule of law are experiencing are felt by lots of people all across our great nation and our society. And I urge you, as I've urged you multiple times, if you listen to this show, to register to vote and to vote, to tell your friends to register to vote and to vote, to vote early, to ensure that your vote is properly counted and to vote straight ticket Democrat because the federal GOP is the most dangerous organization on the planet right now, and we need to stop them. Donald Trump, America cannot survive another four years of the Trump administration, and um, you need to vote like your life and your country depends on it. And with that, I bid you adieu. Thank you so much for your time this afternoon, John. It was enjoyable. And thank you for the added time, almost. That was Almost Warwich, our constitutional lawyer, amazing attorney, period. If you have any legal problems, make sure that you give him a call at 972-866-4852. He is a, a partner with uh, Warwich and Nunn. Hey, Hunter, just wanted to say hi to everybody. Guys, what he's saying is so true. And... Uh, we are going to do a little bit over overflow of a show tonight because there are some things that are going on that you have got to know about. So we are going to uh, go to a quick break and uh, we want you to hear things that, uh, you know, uh, Michael Cohen said in his interview with Rachel Maddow with MSNBC, their draws are offering. I mean, it's just, you just don't ever think that somebody would say and do the things that he does. It was incredible. Um, once again, uh, our story we're still going to talk about, but not as in great detail as I wanted to, is William Barr, the Attorney General of the United States. Is he the Attorney General? For the United States of America, since you and I, the American people, pay his salary? Or is he a lapdog for Donald Trump and Donald Trump should be paying his salary? So as we go to break, I want you to uh, listen to a couple, just one thing for me. And uh, we're, we're going to let you we're going to let you hear some of the interview. And it's just incredible. But here we go. Who made the early 
Okay, so guys, okay, guys, so I'm not sure if y'all can hear that because that was, I wasn't hearing any of that. That was Michael Cohen talking about his new book. <laughs> Wait till I tell you the title, and I'll do that when we come back. But um, we were trying a new system that we thought it was going to link it straight to the, uh, to on air and that did not work so um this is one of my um <laughs> one of my favorite songs from the backstreet boys me and my ex-partner just love this song i want it that way this is all you need to know radio don't touch that dial we'll be right back rate contract you really don't understand. Paying a bill that can be more of a shock than getting struck by lightning. Think about it. You don't even know what type of energy you're using or when rates inflate or when they plunge. Or the fact your energy provider's variable price only varies based on how much pain they think you can take before switching. All of the control is with them, leaving you in the dark. You see, the actual cost of energy goes up and down and changes every 15 minutes. And yet, 
your energy provider charges you the same fixed rate all the time. Now, if they set it somewhere around here, it might be an okay deal. But they set it up here, and if the price of energy drops, they pay less while you continue to pay the same fixed rate up here. Oh, and let's not forget all those little add-on fees with names you can't understand. So what you pay is oftentimes a lot more than what they pay. But we decided to change that. All of it. It's time to go gritty. Gritty connections directly to the actual price of energy, bypassing the middleman. You're charged only what it costs to produce and transport your energy. There's no confusing price plans, no markups, and no fixed contracts. All you pay for is your membership fee, which costs just pennies a day. And instead of wasting time figuring out how to charge you more, we provide things that really matter, like the now price of energy, so you know what you're paying any time of day. The amount you've paid so far, and what we estimate you will pay for the month. On top of that, we send you these really nifty things called gritty alerts that tell you when the price of energy is really high or really low, so you can decide when to run your dishwasher or charge your electric spaceship. But even if you do none of that, you still save boatloads of money just by being gritty. Which takes us to another reason to choose gritty. We love renewable energy, and we give you a tool to change the earth. When prices are high, it means dirty and inefficient power stations are toiling away trying to keep up with demand. But when prices are low, it's because renewable energy is working away at a very low cost, powered only by that bright sun and mighty wind. So remember, when it's cheapest, it's greenest. When you use Gritty Alerts, you'll not only save money, but also the planet. It's time to go Gritty. So let's count down the ways you benefit. Access to no markup wholesale energy. No sign-up or early termination fees. No more bill shops. Know what you spend when you spend it. Price alerts that let you know when energy is cheap and green. All as a Gritty member for just pennies a day. And everyone who signs up gets a free puppy. All right, that's not true. But since Gritty is the fairest deal in energy, unplug your charged electric spaceship, hop into the pilot seat, and join us in the future. Houston, you are cleared for takeoff. Gritty, it's on. And holding it tight. Emotional touch, touching my skin, and asking you to do what you've been doing all over again. Oh, it's a beautiful thing. Don't think I can keep it all in. I just gotta let you know what it is that won't let me go. It's your love. It just does something to me. It sends a shock right through me. I can't get enough. And if you wonder about the spirit. All right, everybody. Welcome back to All You Need to Know Radio. That is country music stars. That's plural. And that's Faith Hill and Tim McGraw. Their biggest hit, I think, to date, It's Your Love. 
the scenery in this video, if you've not seen it, go to YouTube and watch it. It's one of the best songs I think that's ever been done in country music by a couple that is actually married and actually really love each other. So you remember Donald Trump when he got up a few hours ago and said, I've known since February 19th how bad the coronavirus actually was. Let's bring you up to date. There is a guy that is a reporter that he does not like, so he reached out to the reporter to do a book, hoping he could control what was going to be putting in the book. The guy told him every conversation they were going to have was going to be recorded, and it could possibly leak, and Donald Trump did not care. In these recordings that are disgusting beyond belief, Donald Trump, now remember, Donald Trump is encouraging us to get back to work, to get back outside, encouraging us not to wear a mask because it, it, it hurts his little feelings and makes him feel like we don't respect him. Ugh. Say the right word, because I don't want to make this an explicit show. Well, he got up there, made his feel. Very first question from the reporter was, how do you feel about lying to the American people and putting our lives in danger? Donald Trump cut it off, but guess what? We've got a surprise for you. Here's CNN and about four other people from the Jake Chapper, Tapper show today. Take a listen. They hold nothing back. Blame. Uh, let's go now to uh, Caitlin Collins, uh, who is in the briefing room uh, and uh, can talk more about what we just heard. And, and Caitlin, uh, the very fact that you have to wear a mask uh, while standing in the White House briefing room is a testament to the fact that the federal government has failed to contain this coronavirus in a way that other Western wealthy nations uh, have not failed. Uh, and yet President Trump still refusing to acknowledge any mistakes, any blame at all, even with these new tapes. Well, also, Jake, the idea that we did not start wearing masks and we're not encouraged by the CDC to start wearing masks until April. But we now know that the president was telling Bob Woodward on the phone back in February that coronavirus was airborne. And when we attempted to ask him about that, he only took three questions from reporters in the room, two on coronavirus, I should note, before turning and leaving, though many more of us had more questions for the president. He pointed to this statement from China that they had issued several months earlier when we were first learning about this pandemic, talking about how coronavirus was airborne. Jake, I remember that, and I remember that what we were hearing from the medical community is that China had not provided evidence to back up what they were saying about coronavirus being airborne. So the point is, it's a lot different if China is saying something and not backing it up with any evidence than if the president had come out on February 8th, the day after he spoke to Bob Woodward, and told people coronavirus was airborne. Think about how differently things could have been and how different people's behavior could have been. But instead, Jake, and we did not get a, a chance to ask the president about this, he continued to hold rallies indoors with thousands of people over the next four weeks. I went to several of them. He did not stop holding rallies until the beginning of March, even though he knew it was airborne. And we now know how extensively he talked to Bob Woodward about that, though it's still not clear where the president got that information and if he was simply basing it off that one study from China. Of course, the overall point is not just about it being airborne. It's not just about masks. It's about all these statements that the president made to Bob Woodward, and now he's trying to blame Bob Woodward for not releasing the statements earlier if he thought they were so damaging. But really, the ultimate question is not about Bob Woodward's decisions. It's about the president's decisions and what he did and what he did not tell people 
people and what he told people privately versus what he said publicly. But of course, once again, only three questions here in the briefing room today. So we did not get a chance to actually get the president to go on the record and defend exactly what it was, how he handled this pandemic. Three questions, but many more lies by President Trump, including when he talked about Hillary Clinton giving money to Andrew McCabe's wife. That is not an accurate description of what happened in that situation at all, and we could go on and on. Uh, let's bring in CNN's Dr. Sanjay Gupta, Dana Bash, Gloria Borger to discuss all of what we just heard. Uh, Sanjay, let me start with you. So in February, uh, Trump said in a conversation that was on the record, but at that point we did not know about it with Bob Woodward, uh, the coronavirus could be five times deadlier than the flu, and yet in public, days later, weeks later, uh, I think more than a month later, he was comparing it to the flu, saying it was just like the flu, no big deal. Um, he says he didn't lie. It's certainly an omission of truth, I think. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I saw these conversations happening real time. And I mean, I think the, maybe there's a bit of a nuance here, but the nuance is critically important. Uh, he, he knew on February 7th, he, he shared data, which when I first heard this report, I, I found quite stunning because it was really uh, interesting data that I don't think was really in the medical journals been reporting on the story for so long, you know, I was following the journals very carefully. I don't think it was in the journals until a few weeks later. So clearly he was getting either briefed or he had heard this uh, early. I, I don't know. But he, but he used the number five times deadlier than the flu, which is, which is interesting because if you look at now even, you know, figuring out the fatality rate, it's probably pretty accurate. He somehow had some guidance and he consolidated that information and that was on February 7th. Uh, I was with him in the briefing room on the 26th, so nearly three weeks later, and he said the flu is much worse, is what he said to me. So it, it, it really is, it, it, was, it was nagging at me, Jake. Was, was, did he not know? Had he not been briefed? Uh, or was it what we now know, that he knew, he had consolidated, he clearly had been briefed, and he still said the opposite thing? I mean, clearly the opposite. Clearly it was a lie nearly three weeks later. Yeah, in fact, as, as I recall, Sanjay, and I went back and watched uh, your discussion with President Trump in the briefing room uh, back then towards the end of February when the president was still reassuring people this was no big deal, the case count in the U.S. was going to go away, soon it would be close to zero. You thought, and that was the latest information, that the novel coronavirus was maybe two to three times deadlier uh, than the regular flu. And President Trump knew that it was five times, but even then he was pushing back on that. Yeah, I mean, it was clear, you know, I mean, the, the, the data was, was still emerging. But, you know, what, what is interesting to me, uh, Jake, is that, um, I mean, as you'd expect, I guess, President of the United States has access to, to information that maybe the rest of us don't have access to. I mean, the data out of Wuhan, I, I call my sources there. I'm talking to my sources in China on a regular basis. But the, 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 the scientific data was coming out in the medical journals, right? So we were kind of getting this information all at the same time. And some of the, some of the data that say, you know, started to, to really start to nail down how deadly was this coronavirus, some of that was still emerging after that February 7th conversation that he had with, with Bob Woodward. So he had, you know, he was getting access to information, as the president should. But then what to do with it? Nothing, it seemed, for the month of February. Yeah, and there is obviously a wide array of, of activities one could do between full-blown panic, which he said he didn't want to do, and, and Dana Bash, uh, the idea of not saying anything. And, and, and Dana, Trump is now characterizing Bob Woodward 
uh, as having not said anything sooner uh, because Woodward knew the comments were, quote, good and proper, but that's not what Woodward says. Woodward says that as often is the case with Donald Trump, he didn't know if President Trump was lying or not. Yeah, and it turns out that he was um, remarkably well-versed on the topic early on because he got that information from President Xi, uh, the leader of China, uh, the country that he is blaming uh, for this virus, which is understandable. It did come from China. The thing that really I was sitting here and I couldn't believe what I was hearing, the President of the United States not only blamed Bob Woodward, but said if he thought it was so bad, he should have called the authorities. You are the authorities, Mr. President. You're the President of the United States. What's he supposed to do? Go home and call 911? I mean, it, it's, it's so crazy, forgive me for using that word, that it's, it's almost hard to wrap your mind around. The problem is that there are people who are going to listen to what the President says and not have the, the full context of the facts. Um, or maybe, depending on where they are, just kind of want to listen to echo chamber uh, media, and they're not going to understand that. And so that is an unfortunate thing. The other I, thing, go ahead, go ahead, Jake. Well, I was just going to bring in Gloria and, and say, uh, Gloria, it, it seems to me that President Trump has made it pretty far in life with the ability to BS his way yep. out of any problem, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's being caught uh, having an affair uh, or sharpying. Uh, on, on a hurricane map, like, generally speaking, he has been able, by the people around him, uh, whether Trump Tower or the Republican Party uh, on Capitol Hill, to just kind of, like, BS his way out of anything. You can't BS your way out no. of a pandemic. You can't, and you can't BS your way out of this story, particularly since your words are on tape. So, you know, there was a senior advisor in the White House who said, I don't believe anything that Bob Woodward writes. Well, actually... These are the president's words that we are hearing. And, and what he is doing, Jake, is the kind of, I did it, so what defense? You remember that from impeachment? We sat through all those hours uh, uh, talking about the president's phone call with Prime Minister Zelensky. Uh, and, and he said it was a perfect call. And what he is saying now is the same thing. I did it, so what? I don't know if it's good or bad. Bob Woodward must have thought it was okay because um, he didn't call 911, as Dana says, right? So he's shifting the blame, as he always does. He doesn't take any responsibility for anything and comes up with this ridiculous excuse that as a leader, you have to show confidence. Well, there have been plenty of leaders in history who have leveled with people all over the world and have inspired confidence by telling them the truth right. and leveling with and them. Most of those leaders have gone down in history as, as among Hello. the greatest li leaders in the world. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, like, look at Rudy Giuliani after 9-11. I know for people young enough, they might not believe me uh, when I'm heralding Rudy Giuliani's <laughs> leadership, but after 9-11, he was honest, yeah. he right. was forthright, yes. he said what the truth was. Caitlin, President Trump also taking the time, of course, to bash the media. We expect this at this point. Um, is this just a continued attempt to undermine the people bringing the facts to the American people so that his base believes them? Well, and were the people asking the president these questions? So that doesn't surprise me at all. But the bottom line is blaming Bob Woodward is not going to work. Bob Woodward is not the president. China is not in charge of the U.S. Donald Trump is president. Donald Trump is in charge of the United States.
Everybody hear that, that uh, Donald Trump is in charge of the United States? I'm not sure he knows that. I'm not sure if he actually knows who he works for. You know, pretty sad. It's, uh, it's beyond it, uh, for you to think. I mean, for you just to think that another human being would put children's lives in danger. You know, 400 teachers did not want to go back to school because they didn't want to teach, because they didn't have the ventilation systems up to date because the government is so cheap. I mean, it's it's sad. It is beyond sad. Uh, speaking of, our government has let us down once again, failing to come to any type of stimulus aid. I have a message out there for Miss Nancy Pelosi. Get off your ass and pass a bill or be prepared to just leave your seat and not be born in as the Speaker of the House. Because you, just as much as Trump, are failing this country. You guys sit and fight for a million here, a trillion here. There are people that cannot pay their bills. You were put in office to make our life easier, not harder. It's not what you're doing. So disappointed in Nancy. Never thought I would say that about you, but I am so disappointed in you. And I just don't get it. I mean, you're a mother. You're a grandmother. Do you you actually know the Constitution? Do you know the branches of government and the power of which government or which branch has? The last time that I looked, I'm not a constitutional scholar. Third most powerful person in the world. Did you know that? Or did you not know that? <laughs> Listen, I don't care where you get your haircut. I'm not going to get into that mess. What I am going to tell you is that people are being evicted because Donald Trump broke his word, which is no, should be no surprise to anybody. But the thing is, is that you're there so that people lives can be better. You guys mature on both sides. I'll be Donald Trump for a second. Good people on both sides. In this case, you're both acting like foil brats. You're costing the American people heartache, stress. People have probably died over the things that you guys are doing, and you don't think another thing about it except to go home and go to one of your mansions or go and have a steak dinner. Listen, bitch, I'm over you. I'm telling you to wake up, and I apologize for calling you bitch, but that's wrong. But Nancy, the country is counting on you. What do we do? Who's going to save us? You're supposed to be that person. All right, guys, this is John Holly, your host of All You Need to Know Radio. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. We have one more segment for you, and uh, it is our song pick of the week. And this song is by T-O-Y-A, I guess that's Sonia, Madison, and it's called Dancing with Somebody, and it's our song pick of the week. It's new, it's dangerous. And it's in your face. Take a listen. Crazy, thinking about the way I was in the heartbreak, change me. 
All right, everybody. So that was uh, Tonya. I hope I'm not saying. You know, she, she doesn't have a Facebook page or a Twitter page or an Instagram page. And this show, this song is being played on the top 40 station of Cumulus Radio. So I know it's hitting the charts. So I don't know why. It's not my job to figure out why. But she must have some bad publicity piece something. Because it's an amazing song. It's a breakup song. If you listen to the words, it's like, you know what? You had your chance with me. I'm good where I am right now. If you're worried about seeing me dance with somebody, then don't come out. Don't show up. Keep, don't start bragging about us now. Walk away, bitch. You know how to do that. All right, guys. So we are at the end of our show. Thank you so much for joining us. We almost gave you another hour or so. Um, I really enjoyed tonight's show. I enjoyed the fact that let me just tell you, we only do one hour of show time. The President of the United States is going to out and out admit that he lied to the American people about the coronavirus, the Trump virus, the Trump virus. This is now known as the Trump virus. If Donald Trump knew what was going on with this virus and he misled it, not he didn't mislead, he lied to the American people. The American people are supposed to be able to count on their government officials, especially the President of the United States of America. Make sure that you get out and vote with this guy has got to get out of office. So, what are you proud of? When you get up and look at yourself in the mirror, what are you proud of yourself that day? I'm John Hollywood, your host, live from Dallas, Texas, and remember, we reached it for the stars because that's where it all begins. Never let anyone tell you how to love, who to love, or how to make your dreams come true. Take care of each other and good night.